On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks have a $10.9 million trade exception. How can they use that to get a rotation player for next year? And is EJ Liddell the answer at the small ball five the Mavericks have always been looking for? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. Let's go, Isaac. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you're locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making locked on mavs your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube but the best way to help us grow is to comment below let us know which option you think is the best for the trade exception and there's got to be like 11 of you out there that haven't subscribed yet because we're almost at 15,000 and we just need 11 more as we're recording this. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. It's PrizePix Daily Fantasy Made Easy. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the Spectrum Spitter Adder, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, Spectrum is not a, um, they're not a sponsor, so, not a pod, sponsor. so I can put them on blast. Um, uh, there's no locked fi- locked on 15 code for Spectrum, no, so don't try to use that. Um, I'm just, I'm ready to throw hands, so uh, if anybody wants to throw hands with uh, Spectrum with me, um, hit me up, shoot me a DM, we can talk about it. For those watching on YouTube, that's why Isaac is just like stuck in the middle of a laugh uh, he's he's a screenshot he's not actually here he's on the phone with me uh for those listening on the podcast probably don't know the difference but his internet is out and so we're dealing with that but we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today the trade exception mavericks have a 10.9 million dollar trade exception to use uh it expires june 26th they got it all the way back in the josh richardson trade and so they can trade with they can trade for one player or two players in different deals that equal up to 10.9 million dollars in uh, salary, And so the Mavericks could go out and find a player making $10 million and go trade for that player. And it doesn't affect the salary cap in the sense that they're over the cap right now and they don't need to create cap space to trade for this player. So we got a bunch of players, a whole list of players. Isaac and I are going to play. What do you think about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? And talk about how a player could actually be traded into this trade exception. Because it takes two. It takes the, the Mavericks wanting that player and wanting that player more than the more than the other team, like uh, Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. But the other team has to have a reason, right? These trade exceptions are really tricky because the other team has to have a reason to trade that player or get rid of that player. And so it maybe a team wants to dump a guy. Maybe a team has to make room for somebody else, which is what happens a lot with these trade exceptions is, hey, we just got to make room for somebody. Can you take this guy on for us? And we'll say, okay, sure, we'll take this guy on for you. And then you know, maybe the, the Mavs get compensation for it, or maybe the Mavs get the player as compensation. So there's a lot of different reasons for this trade exception to be used. Especially for this time of the year, too. Like you... So you look at this trade of player exception for you know for the for the Mavs that expires basically three days after the draft. So and right before free agency starts. So if you're if you're a team out there and you're saying, all right, we really want to create some space uh, to spend a free agency, then 
you know who I'm going to call? I'm going to call Dallas and say, all right, well, if we have a guy that's making under $11 million that we really don't see part of our rotation, or maybe we don't see us like paying him, you know, in the next year, like let's say he's up for like a, uh, a, you know, an extension or something like that this coming fall. And like, Hey, we're not, he's not going to be on a roster pass this year. Could we, could we call Dallas and say, Hey, can you take this guy, throw us a couple seconds, throw us, you know, are you interested in your 26? You know, what does that look like? And then we'll give him to you before free agency even starts. Every team is in a unique situation when it comes to if they have to shed money or not. And now now's the time to where you could see something like this be used by Dallas, whether it's trying to find another big a rotating, you know, a, a big for the bullpen rotation or another wing out there. This is where you try to take advantage of some of these teams trying to shed money. And so I started to, to make my list. I went to Spotrack and I just started to go through and uh, and just say, all right, who's making $10.9 million or less? And just started to go through the players that the Mavericks could get. And I came up with this list first. These are the guys I think are too good to dump uh, for the other team. Like they're they're role players. They they fit really well. The Mavs would- Did op- you say they were taking a dump? <laughs> the, Mavs would, the Mavs would love to have any of these guys. But I think they're too good for the other team to to dump them or to send them to the maps just for the trade exception. But tell me if I'm wrong or if you see a, a path for any of these guys. Um, P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, Seth Curry, Jakob Pertl, Zubats, or Bobby Portis. Yeah, I think three names that right off the top of my head that I don't see moving would be Bobby Portis, P.J. Tucker, and Seth Curry. Yeah. Um, unless I just think that for Curry, unless the Nets find like somebody else that wants to come join those guys, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got to move these guys to to get to create some space, right? Yeah, that's true. That that's one of the only ways I could see that. I think I would feel like they they would want the shooting of Seth Curry, uh, you know, to stay around those guys. Now, some of the other guys you mentioned are some names that I put down on my list. Like, what does San Antonio do with Jakob Pertle? Can he be more than the game that we play on our phones every day? But, you know, with I, I'm interested. I think you're higher on him than I am of what he could be in Dallas. You know, with San Antonio, you know, he's entering into you know expiring deal this coming up season. Do they want to keep him long term? They're going to extend him. I don't know what they do with him. Um, you had another name, Zubots. What does, you know, what does the Clippers do with him? He would be one of those guys that would be part of the bullpen rotation for the, for the Mavs. In the sense of like he's not going to step in, and be your full time starting five, giving you thirty five minutes a night. But if you if you're looking around the league, saying, "Hey, we don't want to spend forty million dollars at the center spot. We know we need to upgrade. We know we need to get a guy who can get some boards, bang down low against some of the bigger bodies in the league." Is Zubats you know cheaper? Are they looking to get rid of him? We'll take him. We'll take him into our exception for a cheaper cost. That would be a deal to where if you got him for basically free, sign me up for that. So. It, the the big route is definitely a route that Dallas could go with it. Yeah, and that's when you start talking about, okay, why would one of these teams make that deal? Well, maybe they need to make space, or maybe they're trying to do something, or you know, the players upset. But I think all those guys are are probably a little bit too good, unless some crazy situation happened where the Mavericks I don't think can get those guys. The other one, the other list of guys is, I mean, there's a million players on the rookie scale deal. I mean, the first guy that comes up, he's making exactly ten point nine million dollars next year is R.J. Barrett. Then Anthony Edwards, Cade Cunningham, like the Mavs aren't getting any of those guys, right? So just throw throw basically anybody on a rookie scale deal out. There may be a few exceptions we'll talk about in this, but uh, throw all those guys out. Now I have this next list of guys that could be available for the Mavericks to trade with that trade exception. 
Um, but tell me if they're washed or not, right? I got, I got this list of six guys Uh-oh. that I'm not sure if they're too washed for the Mavericks to take a chance on them. If you say DeAndre Jordan, I'm done with you. Derek Favors from OKC. He's just been Rylan, sitting. He's just been, did you give this to Nick? Rylan Styles locked on Thunder is just like sitting there going, oh, wait, did you say draft picks? Can you send draft picks? Um, but we've seen what sitting around in OKC can do for a big man for Al Horford. So maybe he did the same for Derek Favors, and he can come be the, the other center in the bullpen for the Mavs. Uh, the other guys are Danny Green, Kemba Walker, Patty Mills, George Hill, and Garrett Temple. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'm doing an emergency pod about Garrett Temple, but <laughs> you know, P- Patty Mills is one that I'm I'm really interested in. You know, he did he did pretty good for Brooklyn last year. I don't see them, you know, just kind of offloading him into a, you know an exception somewhere unless no. one of those situations, like you said, happens. They got to create some space. I think, man, if you could use your exception on a guy like Patty Mills, sign me up for that. I don't know what to feel about Kimba Walker at this point. I mean. Is he done? Is he? I, I just don't know. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like. So I think Patty Mills is one of the main names that pops off off the lift list you just gave. Patty Mills is like he could have been in either of these lists, right? Too good to dump or too washed, right? Like we saw both sides of him in Brooklyn. Like in the, in the playoffs, he just stood out as like, man, I don't know if this guy can this guy like play. <laughs> and it just seems so weird because we'd seen so many good games from him in the regular season, but. That playoff, those four games were, were pretty – they stood out a lot. Um, Danny Green is the other one, future former Maverick great. Um, he, he had some well, he had some good games as well, but I don't I don't see the Sixers getting rid of him. You never know. But, um, but well, his would, injury too, I think yeah. he's going to be out. Oh, yeah, you know, true. The whole, the whole year and stuff. So I think theoretically, I mean, depends on his podcast. You know, I'd have to listen to his podcast and see. Oh, no, you know, we're doing that again? Do. We got to listen to Danny Green's podcast again. <laughs> Oh, just kidding. Oh, man. All right. Coming up, I got a bunch of names that could actually be available for the trade exception. So wings, bigs, guards. We got a whole list of names. Could the Mavericks figure out their center position with this trade exception? We'll talk about that coming up next. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. This will help you when you're trying to figure out, okay, I want to play daily fantasy, but I don't want to have to go up against these pros and just like a bunch of people that all they do is spend their time picking these lineups and doing this. And I also don't want to spend time every single week, the same exact time trying to figure out what I want to play. You can play one day. You can play two days in a row. You can play three days. You can play one full week and then stop for a week and then come back to it. Prize picks is daily fantasy. You can pick two to five players and an over under their projections and win up to 10 times on a single entry. You can do it for the NBA finals. You can combine that with some uh, MLB over-unders for some guys. They do points, rebounds, steals, all kinds of different stats that you can pick in prize picks. And for a limited time, they have an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. But you must use the promo code NBA. Use the promo code NBA for your prize picks entry and uh, use prize picks. Go check it out, prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Abs your first listen. We have an important favor to ask for you. We put together a survey so you guys can, uh, so we can learn more about you guys, the listeners, and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. So go check out lockdownpodcast.com/survey to get started. Lockdownpodcast.com/survey won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey qualifies for a chance to win one of ten. 
$100 Ticketmaster gift card. So you can check out the Mavs. You can go to a Rangers game, go to a Wings game, anything. Go check out uh, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Tell them that Locked On Mavs is really awesome. All right, Isaac Harris. The trade exception. We're talking about this trade exception. $10.9 million. It expires on June 26th. The Mavericks have to use it before then, which is kind of a weird spot because it's you know before free agency. It's after the draft. It's like this weird area, but they can still use it. So we talked about guys that are too good probably for the Mavericks to get. We talked about guys that are maybe a little too washed for the Mavericks to, tr- to take a chance on them. Now, here's some guys in the middle here. Let's just go through these list of names. Let's just start throwing out some names. Um, a guy that we've talked about for a couple years, I think, in this segment is um, is Alec Burks. Alec Burks makes $10 million. He has a, a contract this year for $10 million, and he has a team option the next season. And he stands out to me because what if the Knicks have to make some space? We've been talking about this in, this, in the sense of Brunson. If they want to try and sign Brunson, they'd ha- they can't just sign him right now. They'd have to make some space. So what if Alec Burks is part of that? Now, if the Mavericks are getting Alec Burks in this and they're losing Brunson to the Knicks, that's maybe not the best trade, like one for one for the Mavs. But yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, one. but what if it's what if it's for Donovan Mitchell, right? Or what if it's for somebody else that they're trying to make space for, and the Mavs could get Alec Burks? Yeah, for free. Sign me up. It's another wing that can come off your bench. He can handle the ball. Yeah, I mean, for free, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Do you see a scenario where the Mavs could do something like that? Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at it and just say, it's kind of like best player available in the sense of if there's some guys out there that's available, if there are teams calling around saying, hey, like if New York's calling around teams saying, we, we we need to shed, you know, Alec Burks' money, then I would think long and hard if I'm Dallas about that. I wouldn't give up my first round pick, you know, to take on Burks, but yeah, I I would, I would really think about this and kind of the same thing with like Utah. We don't know what the heck's going to happen with Utah, but you know, if they start blowing things up and let's say they don't want to, you know, they want to go back or take a few steps backwards so they can take a bigger step forward, you know, next year or so. Do you take, you know, do you take Royce O'Neal or if they try to create, I don't know why they would create money for free agency because, they don't get anybody. Actually, they do. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> they got Bo- they, they got they Dallas got Bojan. Come on. Yeah, um, but like Royce O'Neal, would you take him to the exception? I would take him to the exception, even though you know we didn't really like him coming out of that series. But another wing defender that can you know back up Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney Smith. Sign me up. Yeah, that was the other guy I had that could actually have a, a path here. Maybe they maybe they blow it up, right? Maybe they decide to. Uh, they they need some space, right? There's all kinds of different things um, that they that they could do with that. And he has a contract for next year, but the year after that is only two point five million dollars guaranteed for that that next season. So he's a little bit of a of an expiring like uh, on him in that sense. And so those are the things I think are, those are the two most realistic in my in my my camp right here is Alec Burks and Royce O'Neal. Do you see another name that may be realistic for the Mavs? Um, I mean, there's ones that I, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on, you know, Larry Nance. Um, mm. you know, we've always talked about Rashawn Holmes. Um, just don't know. I mean, you never know what the crap the Kings are going to do. Shout out to Nerland's Noel, um, hot dog gate. Maybe comes <laughs> back for that extra hot dog. Um, the, okay. So there's some, there's some, uh, younger names that I'm watching. I'm watching their situations as far as like, the, is Charlotte going to pay PJ Washington? If not, what is his trade value? Look around the league. It probably looks more than, you know, what could Dallas do if they said, Hey, we'll, we'll attach our 26 overall pick with our trade, you know, with our exception. 
And what player would you rather what what player would you swing for with that? What player would you give up your first round pick for? PJ Washington, Jackson Hayes in New Orleans, would they even entertain that? Um I got a spicy one for you. I like the PJ Washington you know that, one. That that that's a, that's an interesting one with the pick. I would do that. I got a spicy one for you though. I'm ready. THT. New new coaching staff. What's the reasoning? Why would the Lakers do that? New coaching staff. We don't know how Rasheed Wallace feels. Uh, No, shout out to Rasheed. It's going to be sad if I if I had to see him in Lakers colors. But um, (laughs) shout out to Rasheed for being considered for a Mavs assistant job. You know, last year he was. Um, Jared Dudley told me that. But but no, I mean. Darvin Ham's obviously coming in. Rasheed Wallace, you know, I think Polinka even said in their press conference they're trying to, you know, buy a pick in the second round. Do they just want to save the money part of it and say, hey, we would rather have the 26 overall pick. We'd rather have a late first rounder and let's kind of reset with THT. His let's let's say his value is so much lower. They're not getting a Brad Beal using THT as a you know, as a centerpiece of that deal. I don't think they do it because I think they need the the money to try to piece together for another future trade. But if you're Dallas, I mean, you would take him into that exception, right? And give up the first round pick. Would you? Would you give up the first round pick for Tim, for Taylor Horton Tucker? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so much more on PJ Washington than I would be Taylor Horton Tucker. Cause you're both, you're taking this shocks me. I was fully ready for you to be like, yeah, I would do this. He just, his, I got his jersey in my closet. It, we've also seen so many Lakers, Lakers young players go and thrive somewhere else. So I think I think I'm on board because he he showed some stuff that second year, and then he just didn't take that next step forward. And it, the, but the spotlight was so big on him. They asked so much of him that second year that I, I think that in a different role somewhere else with less pressure, the same way, same same thing that happened to Brandon Ingram, I think could happen to Taylor Horton Tucker in a smaller way. And so yeah, I think I would do that, but. He's only, and the other thing is, he's only 21. Like, he's, he's younger than some of these guys we're going to, like, he's younger. Than, isn't he younger than Coloco that we profiled yesterday? I think so. Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> so, yeah, he's already uh, played in the NBA. My, three my, years. Last, my last sneaky one is Tybal up in Philly. He has, after this year, he's restricted. You know, if they pay James Harden a crazy amount of money, you know, there was moments in the playoffs where he wasn't playing because he couldn't hit a shot. Tybal or they Harden? Try to reset it. <laughs> well <laughs> both but like is that a situation that philly's like hey we're not going to pay him after this we're going to have so much money going to Embiid and harden these guys we want to pay maxi coming up thibault we're not going to pay him we'd rather just let's just reset take the 26 pick maybe package that with the 23rd pick try to move up and try to find our thibault replacement um that i would be interested in that too what about um, Chicago, Kobe White? Our, our guys at Lockdown Bulls are, are not sold on Kobe White as much as our former guys at Lockdown Bulls were sold on Kobe White. Uh, would you do that first-round pick and and the, the, the trade exception for Kobe White? Um, No, I don't think so. I, You know, it's hard for me to say that. I love Kobe, but... He's not a, no, he's not a steal would, anymore? He's just a reason. <laughs> I think I would take the, the first-rounder at that point. Really? Not sold? Yeah, I think I think so. You at least get a shooter there's, off. There's the bench. just some dudes. I I think I'm probably just too invested into this draft now to where I've just watched so many players that now I'm just like, all right, would I rather have you know Jalen Williams or Kobe White? I think I'd take Jalen Williams. Would I rather have EJ Liddell that we're about to talk about? Probably EJ Liddell, especially on the contract and stuff. 
Kobe White's contract is going to be coming up soon. I just don't want to be in that game with Kobe White of, oh, how much am I going to pay Kobe White? So, anyway. <laughs> that's the other thing about all this there's a bunch of names and i'll just go i'll rapid fire through a couple of them here in a second but if some of these guys are expiring and the reason why that another team would dump them is because they don't want to pay them right like kobe white what are they going to pay him if they don't want to pay him at all that would be the reason why they would dump him for the map to the mavericks and instead you could get a first round guy now it's more of a risk some people don't want to take the risk but it you get a cost controlled guy for you know four years on a rookie scale deal. You see all the like how many players on the Celtics and uh, Warriors right now are on that rookie scale deal still, um, yeah. and that's and that's how you're able to build these great teams have these cost controlled guys. It's like a you know it's like a what's the what's the term for an apartment that <laughs> the rent is like frozen. It's like that's how you get the uh, that's how you get the the friends apartment. All right, let me just wrap it through, fire through a couple of more names here that could be that the Mavs could get with a trade exception. Uh, TJ McConnell, Landry Shamit, Ish Smith are the other guards that I came up with. Uh, just looking through the, the list of, of players, I can see paths for a couple of those, but I don't know if the Mavs would be super interested. The Landry Shamit one is kind of interesting, but um, I don't know why the, the Suns would, would be in a situation to do that unless the DeAndre Ayton thing blows up. Yeah, and Rick, I don't see any world in which Rick Carlisle trades. TJ McConnell, uh, Tory Craig, Furkan Korkmaz, your boy Grayson Allen, Chetty Osman, Wancho Hernan Gomavs, and uh, Mo Harkless are the other wings. Like those are those are your other wing options for this trade exception. I mean, anytime you can have an, add a movie star and Wancho, then yeah, <laughs> and it's Lucas' friend too. So I mean, that has to mean something. <laughs> a couple of bigs too. We mentioned Nerlens Noel. He's he's dealing with plantar fasciitis. I don't even know if I would touch Nerlens Noel right now, just with the all the injury stuff. Would you? Uh, I mean, if Casey Smith signed off, then I would be fine with it. He'd have to sign off for a second time, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Dario Sarch, Mason Plumley, Daniel Tice, Jermichael Green, Zach Collins, Ken Birch, Jeff Green. Yeah. It's like none of these names stand out to you. It would it would take a really interesting situation for the Mavericks to get a real valuable player or a real rotation piece with this trade exception. So. Uh, I think that's sort of my takeaway is that it would have to take a really weird, interesting situation, but the Mavericks are there. Yeah. I just view the, the exception as, Hey, don't expect them to use it because a lot of times these things just expire, but it's, uh, but it's in your back pocket until the 26 yep. that you don't know. I mean, if they hold on to it and then it's draft night and then they pull off one of these dudes because they have the exception, because you don't have the cap space coming up to go out and get a guy. And this is one of your ways of adding somebody to the roster. Then you're like, man, that's a heck of a move. Keeping this exception for so long. Yeah, there you go. Let us know what you think in the comment section below. Who, which of those players piqued your interest the most for the trade exception? Which which of the players should the Mavericks absolutely go after? Now, coming up, let's get into EJ Liddell, the forward from Ohio State. Really, really interesting prospect. If he's available for the Mavericks, should they take him? Is he the answer at small ball five? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. They have so many different flavors. The brownie batter puff is still available, and I'm telling you, I got a couple of listeners to, to to order them, and I'm excited to see when they when they tweet me and say, oh, man, you were not kidding about this bar. It's a protein bar, but it's got real chocolate on the outside, tastes delicious, brownie batter flavoring, and it's got the puff marshmallow in the middle of it. And best part of it, 140 calories, you, only, you get 17 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. That's it. Only five grams of added sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're absolutely delicious. Honestly, would rather have this instead of like, 
I don't know, like name a candy bar that's not one of the greats, right? Like a Snickers. I think I would rather have a, this brownie batter puff bar than a Snickers bar at this point in my life. Delicious. <laughs> Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order at Built.com where you can get all the different flavors. They also have uh, granola now, variety packs. Check it all out. It's Built.com. All right, Isaac Harris. We're continuing on our draft profiles. EJ Liddell. 6'7", forward from Ohio State. He played three years there. He is weighing in at 243 pounds, a, a, a built 243 pounds. Uh, his wingspan is all, just about seven feet. He has an 8'7", standing reach. He's going to be 21 and a half years old at the, at the time of the draft. He's coming in a little bit older. Uh, but the one-sentence description from The Ringer and NBA.com, I kind of mixed it together. A pick-and-pop or small ball five, strong-framed forward who made significant strides as a three-point shooter and a shot blocker as a junior at Ohio State to complement his interior scoring ability. Last two years at OSU, he didn't he didn't play a ton his freshman year, but the last two years, he played 61 total games, averaged just about 18 points, Seven boards, two over two assists, just about two blocks. He shot 48% from the field, 36% from three with the two two combined years, 76% from the free throw line, and just about 31 minute, minutes. Isaac, what are some strengths and weaknesses you see in EJ Liddell's game? Yeah, I mean, you look at EJ and you say, hey, can he be your small ball five? You you know alluded to it earlier, and you know, he has this body, six, 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 seven. And you see his, you know, see the 240, you see him on the floor, and you're like, all right, is this like an Ohio State Grant Williams? That name gets thrown out a lot. Uh, you know, PJ Tucker, a Paul Millsap. Can he be of that mold? But then you see, like, he's a better athlete than Grant Williams. I mean, he averaged 2.6 blocks a game, like for a 6'6, 6'7 guy. With, you know, and obviously there's the, the wingspan comes in play with that, but he's so smart. He's so smart with his timing. He's a good help defender. Uh, weak side, you know, help blocker there. And, you know, shot 38% from three last year. So you can do the pick and pop that his, his strengths is, you know, is, is watching the role that Grant Williams is having for Boston and this team's in the finals and saying, Hey, can I have that role, you know, on a good team moving forward myself? I, I think one of the, the bigger things for you to watch for people to, to watch out there, if you're going to watch EJ Liddell, watch his game against Paolo. How he defended Powell. There's some moments that he just stuffed Powell. I mean, he gave him problems. And, you know, Bancaro's about to go top three in the draft. I mean, I would almost take Bancaro number one in the draft. And, but And Bancaro as like an offensive initiator. Like, that's his thing. Yeah. And, and that's one of the cool things about Liddell is he thought about coming, coming out of the draft last year after sophomore season. I read this interview and he even said, he's like, I need to get better at being a better defender. I need to get better at my outside shooting. He went back to school, bet on himself, and he did that. And now he's coming back. He's a better draft. I mean, he was projected like second round pick last year. Now he's going to go in the first round. Heck, he might push, you know, in the teens there, 16 to 20 somewhere. But I that's that's going to be his strengths. When you look at his weaknesses, it's He's not an eye-popping athlete in the sense of he still struggles a little bit with his lateral quickness when he switches onto smalls. You know, you're not giving him the ball and saying he's not Draymond in the sense of you're not going to let him bring it up to court and say run the offense yeah. and do all this. Even though he's a smart player, he's just not that type of player. So that's why I didn't throw Draymond out there. But he's, but I, you know, Grant Williams is thrown out there, but he's a better shot blocker and athlete than Grant Williams too. So almost I'm not in love with that, but it's just. 
that's kind of like the mold of some of them. Yeah, the, the couple things that that uh, aren't are in there. He also wanted to improve his three point shot. That's a, that's a big thing. Like he yeah. he took he took twenty six threes his first year where he played you know he played thirty one games but he only played sixteen minutes a game. Then he took eighty threes the next year. He took one hundred and twenty three threes this past year and he shot thirty seven percent this past year on threes. So he wanted to really add that. Um, he's two time All Big Ten first team. He was one out of 15 players on the Wooden Award, um, the, the final ballot there this past year. And then he was a uh, All-Big Ten defensive team as well this this past year. The shot block timing, like you said, uh, he is a good passer. And uh, is a pretty good post player too, but like he he has a, a jumper. So like some of these guys that we talk about, the P.J. Tuckers, yeah. the, the guys like this, he he like – EJ Liddell sometimes will like do a turnaround jumper in the lane. You're like, what is happening? Like, well, this is not the the archetype of a guy that should be able to do that. Um, but but yeah, he's he's the weaknesses, like you said. The other thing that, that stuck out as a weakness, um, his handle is is loose, like for NBA standards. That was a, a a ringer weakness from him. That he's not like an offensive initiator where he can he can handle in space and do all this kind of stuff. So he can do like a little bit of everything on offense, but there's nothing that stands out. It's like, oh, we can trust him. To do, you know, to to drive in space or to get to the rim or to pull up from, you know, from three or pull up in the lane, like all all those things he can do kind of well, but not super well. And so you're you're stuck with a really interesting player. And I got a comp for you uh, that that molds a couple guys, and I'm really interested to see what you think about it. The availability right. for um, the availability for PG for EJ Liddell. Uh, Rafael had him 33rd on his big board a little while ago. The Ringer has him 21st. ESPN mocked him at 23, and then the Athletic had him at 32. So somewhere between, I think somewhere between 20 and 30. So the end of the draft, right where the Mavericks are, uh, just takes one team to, to take him. But he could be available for the Mavericks. Um, okay, comps. You mentioned PJ Tucker. I think that's a good one. He's a little bit bigger than PJ Tucker. But still, yeah. like that's the player that that's the type of player he'd have to be. Grant Williams, another one you mentioned. Paul Millsap was one I think the Ringer had uh, as kind of a comp, like early Paul Millsap. Thad Young was one that uh, Richard sent me. Mavs draft. It's kind of an interesting one for him. But here's mine. Yeah. Here's mine. You ready for this? I'm ready. If Montrez Harrell and Draymond Green met in the middle and somehow found a jumper along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he has the he has the like finisher on the basket stuff that Montrez Harrell has like the long arms, um, but he's a be- way better defender yeah. and he's got a little bit more of a jumper than Montrez Harrell and he's got the Draymond like he can pass he can defend on the perimeter but he's not that good but so he's like somewhere in the middle defensively between Montrez Harrell and Draymond Green uh, and offensively yeah. he's in the middle of those guys too. Yeah, he's like a better version of Eric Pascal. You know, oh, that's a good Utah. one too. Yeah. Um, it's just that mold. Like we're, we're all sitting there listening and talking about this, understanding that the small ball five, the bigger body, small ball five, that he can hold his own in the paint because he is two forty, but he can also move on the perimeter and he can hit a shot. And that's where I think he could surprise some people about where he goes. I think like if he went, you know, 15, 16, 17, I wouldn't be shocked because he is guys like him are so serviceable especially in the playoffs and, and, and you say like why why should dallas take him because he gives you another option at that small ball five step to where it doesn't have to be dorian every time like i don't think ej liddell is going to start anytime soon but it's like man if you're bringing liddell off the bench like he's everything and more of what you thought sterling brown could be mm. and another you know bigger body wing defender that you can you know play out there with dorian you can play out there with reggie bullock and so yeah man i i think 
he's a I, I when you look at a rotation of like an eight man rotation, you're looking at like a you know four probably five to seven man in that rotation somewhere, and he would fit great in Dallas. But he's also one of those dudes that I think would fit with pretty much any really good team. Well, and that's the thing too, right? It's it's going to take him a little bit because all of his skills that he brings to the NBA, you have to be so good at all of those things. Like think about the guys we've mentioned: PJ Tucker, Paul Millsap, Grant Williams, uh, Montrezl Harrell, Draymond Green. All these guys, with the similar frame and build. You have to be so good and elite at a couple things, and it's going to take him a little while to get there. Like even Grant Williams, it took him like two years before he was really an impact rotation player for the Celtics this past year. And, uh, and finally, like, you know, had a, a kind of a, a breakout this, this past year, but even like a breakout just as a role player. Right. So uh, it's going to take yeah. a little old while for him. Uh, if we start looking at why the map should take him, why the map shouldn't take him. This is why I think if he's there at 26, the map should take him because they're going to bet on his work ethic that he'll become the next PJ Tucker Draymond type. That's like a perfect small ball five, but can also score off the dribble in the post or from three. Like he gives you all those different options and defensively, he gives you like a versatile defender that has really good instincts around the rim. Um, Why the Mavs shouldn't take him. He's too slow to guard in the perimeter, too small to guard in the post. The shot isn't clean enough to be a three and D guy. And his post work isn't viable enough to get you buckets in the NBA. You have to be insanely good defensively to make it work as a PJ Tucker, Grant Williams, Draymond Green type in the NBA. And if, and if that doesn't pan out, which I was texting with Richard Mavs draft about him and he said, and he, he's not sold on his defense at all on at the next level. And so if you're not sold on his defense, then there's no chance you take him. Yeah. In a way he's like a smaller Jalen Williams. You know, we did right. Christian Coloco and, and Jalen Williams on yesterday's pod. And it's like, you watch him. He's like, he has these instincts to where that's the reason why you shouldn't in the sense of, all right, well, he's not elite at this. He's not elite at that, but he's good at all of these things. And I think he's good enough at all the things where he would be a great pick. I I believe in him. I, you know, I I listened to um, uh, Titus and Tate. I used to love their pod back in the day. I listened to the same thing. and obviously Titus, uh, you know, it went, you know, Ohio state guy and everything. And, you know, just him talking about how much respect, how much he loves EJ Liddell talked about his work ethic a lot and how he's going to, he's like, man, whatever you tell EJ to do, he's going to do, it. he's going to learn it and everything. So I, I think one of the, uh, the takeaways from the past few weeks for EJ Liddell is EJ Liddell ranked all the MCU movies. And so <laughs> If we want to talk about, I mean, we could go on the next about, 10 minutes. You talk of about his judgment, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. If we want to knock his judgment uh, in life or in movie watching, then we can talk about that because yeah, literally all the MCU you know list, he ranked them from his favorite on down to the bottom. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have Morbius at the, at the end. So that's one knock right there, <laughs> but shout out to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Being the number one his, MCU movie. That was EJ Liddell's number one MCU movie. <laughs> so anyway, I, we could break that down. Winter Soldier is kind of like farther down his list. I'm like, all right, I liked you. I might have to move you down a few levels, but um, 
But no, he's great, man. I, I really like him. If Dallas walked away from the draft with EJ Liddell, I'd be pretty dang happy. Oh, I would be too, because then then you know, okay, they're sold on all those things. And all those things, those tools that we just said, makes him to be a really valuable player in the NBA. If all that pans out and he can defend on the NBA at a really high level like he did in college, and the three-point shot works out, and then he adds a little bit off the dribble, and then he adds a little bit in the post, and all of a sudden, that's a really dynamic player that can be your fourth or fifth option in a, in a starting lineup. And that's a guy that can play in the playoffs. And so you can see the, the archetype of, of a type of guy that the Mavs would, would want and really need, right? He could be the guy that sort of fills in for Maxi when Maxi eventually, uh, you know, can't be in, in the lineup anymore. So that's, that's what I'm seeing from EJ Liddell. It's, he's really interesting prospect. We'll see where he goes. He might not be there for the Mavericks anyway, but that's our profile on him. We'll do a bunch more profiles. Let us know in the comments below who you want us to profile next. Uh, thanks for making lockdown Mavs your first listen. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. They know these guys way better than us. Check out Rafael Barlow and Richard Mavs Draft, who I've been, been talking about all throughout this, uh, with drafts, mock drafts, player rankings, and, of course, Big Boards. It's Locked On NBA Big Board, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom! Boom!